0: Greetings, friends. Uh, Here we are. uh, One o'clock afternoon here on News Talk 840 KXNT, which means it's time for the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your host, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, enjoying a warm spring day here in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Now, uh, I'll give you the email, of course, where to reach me, sam at salmonashlaw.com. sam at salmonashlaw.com. I do check that periodically throughout the show. I do look at your emails, and if there's something of, well, of interest germane to the conversation, to the dialogue we're having here, I will read it and respond. Now, I, I, there's so many takes that have been circulating about the, well, this uh, marketing miscarriage that Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light has engaged in, has delved into by the hiring and paying of Dylan Mulvaney, the trans uh, person that is uh, now, like it or not, for Bud uh, Bud Light, a a new face (laughs) of the beer brand. Bud Light, uh, their uh, by the way, their social media have been have been dark for a number of days. Have been have gone offline more or less for a an extended period of time. I think they're reeling. They don't know what to do with any of this. But to the reactions, particularly on the right, I have to point something out here that is not being talked about very loudly. The general reaction to it is this: is people are are outraged by it. They're saying things like, I'm never going to buy this beer. Okay, fine. Never going to buy Bud Light. It's, by the way, can we be honest, it's not the best beer on the planet. Well, it's not. And I think a lot of people had an affinity for the brand because it was American. They had attachment to it. It's something that a lot of people I know have had and consumed, bought for a long period of time. And they're done, right? The people I'm hearing from are done. And the the reaction right, among, among people on the right who are intelligently looking at this are saying, well, listen, what you don't understand is – and I said something to this effect last week. What you don't understand is these institutions that are – the corporation itself, Anheuser-Busch, the ad agency hired to uh, represent the brand, come up with new strategies of how to advertise it. These people are woke – to the wokest degree, they're in insular bubbles in New York City, in LA, in San Francisco, whatever major metropolitan area they happen to be existing in. And they're part of a, you know, a a group of people that think that brands need to be freshened up. Now the other part of this is, of course, these people. They donated to BLM. They were all in with BLM. They they posted on their Instagram profiles. Those are the black, all black square, to show their solidarity with uh, the BLM movement. Back during the summer of George, they put their pronouns in their bios. And look, among, among these people is the occasional outlier. The person's looking at all this and going, ah, this is terrible, this is awful, what are we doing? But they're not saying anything because no one wants to be the, the guy or gal that, that, that puts their hand up in the room and goes, hey, you know what, this is all horse crap. The emperor has no clothes. So they go along with it, right? They go, they're in this environment, where a guy like Dylan Mulvaney prancing around pretending to be a girl, is he's a hero, right? They're somebody who is, uh, they look at an, an, a shining beacon of diversity, and diversity almost taking on a larger-than-life definition, almost capitalized, right, would be the word. And yeah, this, this is the ultimate goal to, to elevate people like Dylan Mulvaney, Because diversity is the ultimate uh, ends that are desired by all these people sitting around and congratulating themselves on how tolerant they are and how much equity they're bringing to the equation. And what they're not focused on at all, at any point in this process, is profit. That's the part of this that's missing. Because, by the way, friends, they've forgotten about that part of the equation. There's no... There's no focus on it, but there's an important component to this that I think a a lot of us are not focusing on, and that is that they're for these major companies, for Nike, you know, for for uh, you know for for any major brand car companies, right? They have there's a social credit score system, and Dana Kennedy, writing for the New York Post, the end of last week, blew the lid uh, open on this and correctly noted. That executives at these major companies like Nike, like Anheuser-Busch, the owners of Bud Light Beer, Kate Spade and others, are beholden to a social credit system built for companies pushed by the Human Rights Campaign, the largest LGBTQ plus political lobbying group in the world. They've gotten millions from George Soros's Open Society Foundation. And they have a score put out, it's called the CEI, or the Corporate Equality Index. Now, out of 100 points, these companies all want a score near or at the top, because if they don't, what happens? They get targeted by this human rights campaign group, and they get called all sorts of nasty things, which, again, the same people I described just minutes ago, to that insular echo chamber of coastal liberals that is the worst thing in the world because you do not want to have a group called the human rights campaign pointing their finger at you saying you are not tolerant you are not trans friendly you are not gay friendly etc now businesses And this, again, according to Dana Kennedy, writing for the New York Post. Businesses that attain the maximum 100 total points earned the coveted title Best Place to Work for LGBTQ Equality. 15 of the top 20 fortune-ranked companies received 100% ratings last year, according to HRC data. Now, I have to say something here, that... You know, because this is who I am, I I question stuff. What would actually happen at the end of the day if a company like Nike said, "Screw this, we don't care about some BS score put out by the human rights campaign." Kiss our a money monies. We're not doing this. We're built. We're gonna make great clothes. We're gonna make great products. Great shoes. We're not here just for the gays or just for the trans people. We're not here. We're here for all people all across the world. We're not just for Americans. We're not just for Chinese people. We are a global brand. What if they did that? Now, if I said that to an executive, if I had an executive here online with me from Nike and I said, why why don't you just do that? Well, I can almost hear the response. Well, we, because this is who we are. This is part of our ethos. I said, yeah, well, is that why you have a different, do you have a different ethos when you do business in China? Do you have a different ethos when you do business in Saudi Arabia? Do you have a different ethos when you open up a stop, a shop somewhere in, I don't know, Dubai? I'm pretty sure a guy like Dylan Mulvaney, prancing around, doing what he's doing, it would be (laughs) which is He wouldn't last a New York minute in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I'm just saying, would not last a minute. The content that he puts out there is, will certainly not be warmly received by the Chai Com censors in Beijing. So what's the point, right? Why does this matter? These people are hypocrites. They're clowns. They pursue profit around the globe. Their perception here at home is that this sells. It has to be because they're perfectly willing to abandon trans rights when it comes to doing business in China. When it comes to business doing business in the Middle East, they're they're fine abandoning it. So they're not principled. These people are not principled, but they're dumb enough to think that domestically this kind of thing matters. Now, those of you out there who have uh, small businesses, you know, where wh- you manufacture something maybe, or you have a, uh, a general contractor, or, or, I mean, me, I've got a law firm and, and a tech company. You have these smaller, you know, sub-100 employee businesses. You think you do – you, do you care about your CEI score? You don't, by the way, you don't probably get ranked because you're not on their radar. If they came to my business and posted up out front of the building with signs saying that, uh, you know, Sam Ash law in uh, downtown Las Vegas does not have an adequate CEI score. And they try to, uh, you know, protest in front of my business. You know, I would I would go out there and as a badge of honor, I would stand and get my picture taken in front of the sign. Because it's up here. It's a mental thing. If you're beholden to this stuff. They own you. If you let some group run by George Soros define your success as a company, you're, I mean, I'm not going to use the four-letter word, but you are screwed. And these companies are going to dig themselves into holes that it will be, it'll be very difficult getting themselves out of. And, and in particular of note, Bud Light is dead they're, they're frantic, they're figuring it out. Now, when we come back from the break, the lady behind this atrocity, <laughs> stupid, stupid marketing bimbo, typical, I mean, just typical woke liberal explains in her own words, I'm gonna play it here, why they did what they did. And I think, you know, by the way, I think if you ever wanna understand liberals, you, you gotta listen to them. Because they'll tell you in their own words just how stupid they are. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, your place for common sense conservatism. I'll be back in just a moment.
1: If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer.
0: It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So
1: call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com.
0: Anyone remember the Real American Heroes ads that Bud Light used to play before they hired <laughs> some kabuki trans uh, person to, uh, to promote their brand? Oh, those, were some, those were great radio ads, by the way, those of you who are listening here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Longtime listeners of the station no doubt heard these ads uh, campaign ran from 1998 to 2001 celebrating regular, ordinary, day-to-day Americans. So there was a garden no maker, Hawaiian shirt designer, fortune cookie maker. Um No, I mean, that was the whole thing of it. It was celebrating regular people. Sam Marjofsky here. A regular guy, good guy, also your truth teller here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Welcome back to the What's Right show. Uh, it's perplexing to some of you as how uh, Budweiser, excuse me, uh, Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light could come along and do such a stupid thing. It's, by the way, it's spiraling out of control. First reported this last week, and since then. Uh, Apparently, Bud Light sales are flat, if not dropping uh, significantly. Uh, There is also a a large amount of public outcry. People obviously publicly uh, appalled by this. And and again, I I I think it's because not just is there this echo chamber inside the company, the, the corporation itself, also the ad agencies. But you have have this environment where these brands, including Nike, Anheuser-Busch, Airlines, etc., have to get their woke credit rating from the human rights campaign. And i shared with you here a piece by Dana Kennedy in the New York Post just before the break that the Corporate Equality Index, or CEI, is a coveted score by a number of big fortune uh 500 and even 15 of the top 20 fortune 500 companies got a hundred percent score which means they are very into this very uh desirous of this ranking the hrc the human rights campaign gets a tremendous amount of money from george soros i think he's the largest funder of it the group was formed in 1980 and started the index this rating system back in 2002 it's led by kelly Robinson. Who became president last year? Previously worked as a political organizer for Barack Obama in his 2008 presidential campaign. That's like it's like the Russian, nest, Russian nesting doll of Democrats. Right? So you got Obama himself was a was a political organizer, community organizer. So if you have somebody who works for a community organizer trying to become president, um would be, I guess, a smaller babushka within that thing. I don't know. I just, follow me on this, folks. I'm, it's Monday. I'm just getting my brain working. But nonetheless, these companies all care about how woke they are so they can score on the CEI index, and nobody inside their headquarters can tell them that this is not resonating with ordinary Americans. And The problem with this, of course, is because these people are completely out of touch With Ordinary Americans, Bud Light's marketing vice president, Alyssa Heinersheed, on the 30th of March, put out this on a podcast. It's just now seeing light of day. It was a make yourself at home podcast explaining some of the decisions that she was making, including this one to hire uh, Dylan Mulvaney to be the new face of Bud Light. Listen to her in her own words describe... What she thinks of the Bud Light brand.
2: I'm a businesswoman. Mm. I had a really clear job to do (laughs) when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. Okay.
0: It's a declining brand. I'll take her word for it that numbers are down. So her job, her idea, right to make this brand sticky with young people is to what? To hire a human being who is making a mockery out of womanhood, and is an all-around, uh, might even be a performance artist. It's you know. By the way, I saw an article last week. Number of prominent trans activists don't like at all Dylan Mulvaney and think that it's a con. May not even be actually trans. Is just milking this for the for the money and for the for the for the notoriety i can't speak to that all i can tell you is a lot of what uh he's doing is is really uh not not appropriate and and it's certainly stupid to center a campaign around it now she goes on Alyssa heinerscheid of or heinerscheid of bud light marketing she's the vice president she is the head honcho when it comes to marketing. And by the way, she looks to be about 30. So fabulous. Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, they hire a kid to be their head of, e- okay, all right. They want to youth thin it up, whatever. So here's what she's, you know, thinks about how this brand needs to evolve. Listen to her logic.
2: So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we mm-hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my What I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what, is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean- Bud Light had been kind of a brand of bratty, kind of out-of-touch humor, and it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach.
0: It was too many white guys. I mean, listen to her, what she's saying. We had a hangover. It was too bratty. It was out-of-touch. No, you're out-of-touch. That's the problem. You know, it's it, it's... It's... Pretty straightforward what's going on, but yeah, no, you can hear it. She's basically going, it was too male, it was too American, it was too, well, it's too flyover country. We need to make it more inclusive. At the end of the day, a product doesn't become sexy to people by being inclusive. It becomes interesting when, when it stands out. In a meaningful way that makes people want to identify with it. More on this when we come back. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show. We'll be back after this. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up.
1: Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com.
0: Greetings, friends. Bottom of the hour here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Marjofsky, your host of the What's Right Show. Your place for common-sense conservatism, 1 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, Today, of course, uh, following the uh, fallout from the, I think, very poorly decided idea to have Dylan Mulvaney endorse Bud Light Beer, explaining how the Corporate Equality Index, overseen by the Human Rights Campaign, a group considered to be the largest LGBTQ plus political lobbying group in the world is responsible for, I guess, enticing or, uh, well, intimidating in some cases companies to, in the U.S., to do woke things that aren't necessarily good for their bottom line, but they want a high enough score because if they don't get the score, then what happens? Well, the crazies come out and picket and scream and shout, and we know what that is like, don't we? When they can't win the argument legitimately, they go out and intimidate. They go out and picket, boycott, make noise, shout slogans and slurs. And that suddenly is something that, you know, that, that, that a, lot, a lot of companies don't want to get tangled in. And so they have this bully pulpit that they pursue their agenda through. Now, what of course is mentioned this earlier is of course totally hypocritical of these companies is they turn around and do business in countries that <laughs> LGBTQ plus rights. Ha ha ha. Think again. Right? Do you think China spends any time thinking about their Chinese companies or American companies doing business in China care about their corporate equality index to please some LGBTQ group? Hell no. They're there to make money. They're there to please the Com government. The communist apparatchiks that run the country. They're there to please and kiss Beijing's rear end. So to that end, they'll just do something totally different there. And these corporate quality index entities, human rights campaigns of the, of the world, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're even sophisticated enough to pick up on it. I, I understand it all to be a scam from them as well, because if I was running something called the human rights campaign, I don't know, I would kind of focus on American companies doing business in places like China, like Saudi Arabia and elsewhere, that didn't have any human rights. No? But this is how I know these people are total scam artists because they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't care that Nike's doing business in China. They don't care that Kate Spade is doing business in China. They don't care that Ralph Lauren. They didn't care about any of it. They're fine with it. They want their own power, their own grip, On the economy here at home, because that's what butters, you know, their bread. So. I just want to flashback here for a minute, if I may, back in 1998 to 2000, Bud Light had a very successful campaign. And. You know, because I, I played the clip earlier of Alyssa Heinerscheid, the Bud Light Marketing VP, complaining that the brand is flat and that they need to do something to appeal to young people so I know what we're going to do. We're going to do ex- inclusivity, right? We're going to shift our tone. This is These are her words, not mine. Quote, it means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. try not to vomit on air, but literally, folks, this is insanity. Appeals to women? Appeals to women? You know what appeals to women? Remember, you know Dos Equis? The most interesting man in the world. You know, the product became a lot more popular with women because women, turns out, are turned on by masculinity the most interesting man in the world, remember him? Uh, played by, what was his name, Jonathan Goldsmith? When that campaign hit, their, their year-over-year growth was north of 30%, with huge gains among, you guessed it, women. The problem is that this 30-something-year-old idiot running advertising marketing for Bud Light, for Anheuser-Busch... This lady looks to be about thirty years old, thirty-two, whatever, uh, and she has been in inculcated and and gr- brought up in a world where everything she's known and been taught in school is all upside down. Oh, toxic masculinity! Ugh. Oh, we need more inclusivity. You know what was inclusive? Bud Light's original campaign. I keep talking about it. the the real American heroes celebrating. Ordinary Americans, people that designed Hawaiian shirts, uh, fortune cookie makers. And then here's 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 producer Robbie's favorite. OK, this is the Garden Gnome Maker. I'll play a little bit of it now.
1: Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, Mr. Garden Gnome Maker. Mr. God- Anyone can dress up a yard with a shrub or some gladiolas, but it takes real guts to use a small, brightly colored ceramic man. You're the man! And what says, Welcome to our home, like a dwarf in the hedges. <laughs> this is so good! Many a night you've slaved over a hot ceramic. By the way the vocals, maker, knowing somewhere there was The a vocals
0: lone- here, I'm gonna cut the The vocals were by Dave Bickler, Eye of the Tiger song. Okay. So that's, that was the, 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 the gist of it. And th- this was a, a tremendously successful campaign. And why? It tapped into the everyman kind of thing. It said, hey, Bud's for you. Now Bud Light, in an effort to be more inclusive, has this person pushing their product.
3: Day 31 of being a girl, and I'm freaking out a little bit. I haven't gotten my period yet, okay? I'm late and, I mean, I haven't kissed anyone in a while, but still, like, we know what happened to the Virgin Mary, okay? It's possible.
0: What in the literal H-E double hockey sticks is that? <laughs> a guy complaining that he hasn't had his period yet. <laughs> this is why I'm telling you. I think this is performative. I, I I, I, I would not be surprised at all if she's having us all on, or him, whatever, whatever it is. I... <laughs> But to play along with this is absurd. So if Dos Equis went from uh, not being able to be anywhere in the market to 30% year-over-year year growth, when they introduced the most interesting man of the world, maybe Bud should just embrace this. I mean, if this VP is right, if what we need in America in 2023 to move product, to get to youth in a product up is to appeal to young people by being more inclusive maybe bud could do a, a whole take on this could be the most interesting trans in the world you know it's a... uh <laughs> oh, hey it's a thought <laughs> sam let's go to break a little early <laughs> i'll be back in a minute this stuff it all you can do is make fun of it but it's I, I think all this is going to explode in Bud's face. Uh, no questions about that. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show.
1: If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer.
0: It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So
1: call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com.
0: All right, welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here. You can always reach me, sam at salmonashlaw.com. sam at salmonashlaw.com. That's my email. I do check it uh, periodically through the show, so please do reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns. A little local story here. I, I want to get to this here before we get too far into all the news to cover today. Uh, we've heard about this for some time. Mark Wahlberg, the Hollywood actor, A businessman who moved from Hollywood, moved from Southern California, Los Angeles area to Las Vegas a few years back, is providing more detail on his vision for Las Vegas. This is exciting because, listen, I welcome anyone who comes here from uh, outside the state and wants to create jobs, wants to create good-paying jobs, wants to create opportunities for people. Both uh, importing talent, of course, he's had to do that, uh, brought a a small team of people with him. But Mark Wahlberg's on to something more interesting, and that is he wants to create a second Hollywood here in Las Vegas. Now, some of you, of course, are (laughs) rightly concerned. (laughs) Well, because, well, some of us, I do call myself Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Some of us, you know, ran away from California because of Hollywood. So the idea of creating a new Hollywood here in our own backyard, I don't know, a little worrisome. But uh, I tell you, I think, I see this as a a great development. So he intends to establish a Hollywood studio here in Vegas, creating about 10,000 jobs, which I love, obviously. He did an extended interview recently with Fox Business. Wahlberg spoke about this project. He talked about also moving his family out of California to Vegas. And that part of it, by the way, that part of the interview was very relatable to me. Uh, he just, he, he he mentioned a couple of things. One, he talked about his own kids and how he just wanted a better life for them. My son and his kids go to the same school here in Vegas. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, the experience that we have here compared to what we or having would have had in California. I mean, it's just night and day. Uh, so I, I I feel for him on that. But one of the other things that he mentioned, this is fascinating, and it happens when you bring people over, as I did when I moved here to Nevada. I had a core uh, management group that's been with me forever, and that helps me run salmon Ash Law day to day. And there, you know, I, I brought some of these people from California, and you know, I took a little bit of convincing for some of them. But, I, you know, I have, for example, I have somebody in my office who was renting in Orange County, uh, expensive rent, and was able to move to Nevada and actually buy their first home here in Las Vegas. And that was a big deal. And, you know, Wahlberg talks about this, how he, you know, his team comes over here and they're, they're barely making ends meet getting paid really decent money, but just LA is expensive and it's difficult and private schools and you're driving all over the place and gas bills, whatnot. And then you move here and you're able to get, you know, a lot more house and get a yard and be in a nice neighborhood, safe neighborhood with, with, it's gated. And so that part of it I I, I identify with. But this one thing to note, I mean, it's not revolutionary. There was, uh, you know, Tyler Perry, the BFF, of Meghan Markle. I know. He he set up a studio in Atlanta. But, you know, if you're going to be a Hollywood actor and whatnot, you're hanging out, you got to, do you want to be in Atlanta? It's a rhetorical question. I think the answer is no. <laughs> Who wants to hang out in Atlanta? If you're hanging out in Vegas, this is, this. there's a scene here, you know what I mean? I was, last week I'm, after the show, went for a late lunch over to Cipriani, and uh, and I'm sitting at Cipriani, and and in the in a short period of time, a number of celebrities were eating around me. And okay, I'm not, I don't care about any of that. Doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, who? Uh, one of them was Sting. Yeah, he sat at the table next to me. I don't, it doesn't, I don't care. But I'm just saying, there's a scene here. You know there's, you're, you're going to be able to attract top talent and work and do a movie on set in Las Vegas a lot easier than you're going to get them to, to fly all the way to Atlanta and then be, be out there in Atlanta for a period of time. So I think, you know, you know Las Vegas has what it has going for it is, you know, we have, we have a little bit more friendly business climate, and we need to maintain that, right? It's very important. And yet we're still 270, 280 miles away from L.A., from Orange County, from all these places that have dug their own graves with their stupid politi- you know, political uh, decisions and, and, and votes that they've done down there. So my own – again, the, it all comes back to as these people come from California, we hope we hope they maintain some perspective and understand why there's a shift. And Wahlberg doesn't talk a lot about politics, but he definitely, uh, you know, I can tell you, I think he's a conservative guy, Catholic, religious guy, and he's, you know, he's he's he moved here for the lifestyle; it's not just for the taxes. So uh, applauding this move, and 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 think this could actually be a, a good thing for our community, for our city, for our state. Great opportunities for for people here. In Las Vegas to uh, to to have careers and and these jobs typically are 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 well paying jobs, which is which is important. I'll tell you another thing that's important a little further away from home. I don't know if you're seeing this uh, news out of China and Taiwan. China is appears to be uh, circling the island of Taiwan. China, of course, believes that. Taiwan belongs to them they have a one china policy and they are smelling weakness in the air right now like nobody's business they know they've seen biden in action they know that he he can't find his way down you know into a doorway or out of a doorway across the lawn he gets lost without any uh, just inter, any intervening event It doesn't even matter uh, biden's out to lunch and the people around him are ditherers, are weak. And China's looking to exploit this. Now, I would not be surprised, uh, friends, at all, if an invasion of Taiwan occurs before the end of Biden's first term. China has a window of opportunity. The same window of opportunity was exploited by Vladimir Putin in his... Now, over a year ago, his uh, incursion into Ukraine. There's a reason why, and I'll say this over and over again, there is a reason why Putin didn't do anything when Trump was in office. Because Trump was just half, just half logical in what he did. Or he was able to persuade, I'll put it this way, he was able to persuade people that he was at least half crazy and that he would do things that his advisors told him not to. Now, when you had this kind of, they called it in the media, irrational behavior and, and temperamental behavior and behavior unbecoming of a president, when it was all assailed in the media, it was all, there was all downside. And what the media didn't understand is that Trump's, to some extent, his shtick, that he went in and shot off his mouth and said crazy, unbelievable things— that that actually in, it, it it kept our enemies guessing as to what his next move would be, and also other thing is you know he went through advisors pretty quickly so you know the the, the spies couldn't keep up. Putin couldn't keep up. Okay, who's he getting advice from? Well, that guy's out of a job now. It's, who's who's the who's the third guy in that position? Now, this had a lot of downside, don't get me wrong, but the one huge upside is it kept our enemies on their toes. And that now is an advantage we no longer have because Biden is a technocratic leader, if we can even call him that. Uh, The Biden administration is run by committee. There are a series of learned advisors uh, giving him advice. These people are, for the most part, total idiots. But worst of all, they're very predictable. And so when you run even a basic uh, analysis, game theory analysis on what the administration would do if, right, if a certain scenario, if China were to invade Taiwan, I cannot imagine uh, a situation where, uh, where, where Biden is even able or willing to defend Taiwan uh, you know, it's 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 just. And by the way, we've we're depleted. We've we've been giving so much of our munitions and military equipment for the war in uh, in in Ukraine that you know, I, the, the, there's a real risk. There's people within the military raising alarm that we don't. We if we were attacked right now, if Hawaii was attacked, if we if we had real strategic interests of ours, U.S. interests of ours uh, threatened, would we have enough? Firepower; we'd have enough munitions uh, to supply our own troops. This is a this is a major concern, folks. So uh, you know, keeping Taiwan in our our prayers and uh, just elections have consequences. And the most frustrating thing, folks, is that you know the elections that we have here at home in the U.S. end up affecting. Millions, hundreds of millions of people across the world. A weak America led by a weak president is a disaster for good guys everywhere across the world. All right, friends, got to take a quick break here. Top of the hour. I will be here. I'll be prepping and getting ready for the next hour of the What's Right Show. So just don't go anywhere. I've got some fun planned. Sam Rojovsky, The What's Right Show, back in a moment.
1: Hi, it's Ash from Salmon Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SalmonAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right.
0: Greetings, friends, and welcome for The Place. Afternoons here on News Talk 840 KXNT for conservative analysis. News and an all-around good time. Sam Rajovsky here, local attorney, business owner, and part-time radio host. Grateful to be with you. Madonna, the lady with the unrecognizable face, announces a Nashville trans rights benefit concert. Yes, just days after... The shooting that left six people dead at the hands of a trans radical terrorist. Madonna thinks it's a great idea to go out and throw a concert to support Nashville trans rights. Hey, look, oh, she's, she's going with Bob the Drag Queen. This is the thing. It's for real. Yes, it's a benefit concert. Well, it's not specifically just for trans people in Nashville. This is part of her tour, her celebration tour. Now, this is almost as tone deaf, almost, maybe, maybe even arguably more so. But Madonna, it's Madonna. She's a Hollywood performer. Our own vice president, Kamala Harris, uh, goes to Nashville. Now, you would think that after a shooting that killed where three young kids were killed, and with the amount of concern that Kamala Harris has for gun violence, that she would go to the school and, comfort families, victims. No. Kamala Harris goes to Nashville to support the three lawmakers, two of which I think were booted and one that was given a pass. These are people that conspired with, allegedly, the protesters that stormed the Nashville Capitol in the wake of the shootings, demanding changes to gun rights. Of course, they didn't want to go forward with a legislative process. They are losing this battle legislatively, politically. So instead, they decided to resort to violence, storming the Capitol, and there were a number of lawmakers, three in particular, that apparently conspired with them, with the protesters, let them into rooms, etc. And so they were rightly uh, disciplined by the legislature. But anyway, here is Kamala Harris on the ground in Nashville doing the thing that she does best, which is throwing words together and hoping that they land.
4: I wanna start by recognizing the Tennessee three. (laughs) We are here because they and their colleagues, the Democratic caucus of the state legislature, and I'd ask you to stand as well, please. because. They chose to show courage in the face of an extreme tragedy.
0: Okay, so in the face of an extreme tragedy, that she's not making any public appearances on behalf of flies all the way to Tennessee to support three Democratic lawmakers that are being properly disciplined based on their unacceptable actions. Don't worry, Harris has more to say.
4: 11 days ago, six people, three educators, and three babies, nine years old, were murdered senselessly due to gun violence. They chose to lead and show courage to say that a democracy allows for places where the people's voice will be heard and honored and respected. And they understood the importance, these three, of standing to say the people will not be silenced.
0: Okay, I, I, I'm totally confused by this. She's saying that, you know, these three lawmakers disciplined by the legislature in Tennessee showed courage in their support of democracy, wanting the people's voice to be heard. I'll tell you what happened here. The people's voice in Tennessee has put a majority of Republicans in the the legislature, and these people are firmly on the side of the Second Amendment. These people don't care about the people's voice. They don't care about democracy when they don't get their way, like petulant two-year-olds, they get on the ground, they kick and scream, they wail, they shout. It's the same thing that they do when they're losing the debate on these trans issues, gender, uh, all this gender stuff. It, it's, it's the same thing. And when she says and that the three uh, disciplined lawmakers understood, quote, the importance, these three, of standing to say that people will not be silenced, Nobody's silencing any people. If you don't like what the legislature is doing, vote. How many times do I say here on the show, hey, if we want to save Nevada, we all need to make sure we vote and put the right people into the state legislature, into the Senate, and into the Assembly. I've been saying this. I'm almost blue in the face from it. Now, why am I saying it? Well, at no point, and I'm, I'm telling you, well, we won't be silenced and respect democracy, and we're going to go down there and uh, torches and storm the building. I mean, that's absurd. You're never going to hear any of that from me, and, and, and frankly, uh, I think, folks, we're all on the same page here. We understand how this process works, and you know, we get a little rankled when the process – well, when people cheat in the process, but we, we understand what the, what the task is. We have to clean up the cheating or cheat better. But at no point are we resorting to violence. So Harris is there in the Capitol. This is total demagoguery. This is total. uh, This is almost a stand-up comedy. Her voice. Is it just me? Or is her voice so completely annoying? I don't know what it. there are plenty of unintelligent people that I'm forced to listen to on a daily basis and 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 none of them are uh none of them are as grating and as and and as obnoxious as as vice president harris kamala's voice is is absolutely awful i it's how she talks and she's and when she it's almost as if when she gets very proud of herself for stringing together a whole sentence that she thinks in her head is coherent, she gets this gleefulness at the end, end of that thought, at the end of that, that, that fragment or sentence, whatever it is. And, and she begins to, she begins to just talk as if she's delivering the Gettysburg address. She has almost this tone as if whatever she's imparting on us is the most brilliant thing ever to be said because she's so happy. In her in the back of her mind, that the thought that she's put out there is, you know, semi-coherent. That's what it sounds like to me. Now, this same approach, the same tone-deaf approach to this uh, senseless murder. I, 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 again, at no point, at no point, is Harris blaming this on ideology. If it were a guy in a MAGA hat that shot up an abortion clinic, she wouldn't be talking about gun violence first. She would be talking about the ideology. But because this is inconvenient to their narrative, all they're bringing up is gun violence. It's the guns that did it. The guns are responsible. You heard the show on Friday. We had a great guest here if you missed it. Uh, Please, please go back. We're talking about, you can go to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey app, What's Right Show. We got into it about gun rights. We talked about the the moms demand action people. And the moms out there all shouting and screaming about how it's the guns, it's the guns. We're not going to condemn the shooter. We're not going to condemn the shooter. What's the point? It's not our place to condemn the shooter. We're we're, we're here to, we're condemning guns. This kind of reminds me of the 90s when everyone was buying SUVs and SUVs were out on the road causing all these accidents. And you'd hear the news story, another SUV goes out there and kills two people. And the way these news stories sounded, man, you just almost, you almost thought these SUVs had a mind of their own. I mean, they're just out there roaming the roads of America looking for innocence. To attack mercilessly. When, oh when, will the Democrats join us in getting on the personal responsibility bandwagon? It's a good place to be. Because until, until we hold people accountable individually, until we as a society get back to being an America where personal responsibility matters, more things will happen. Yeah, we have we have an entire sea of sociopaths out there, narcissists. And we're busy blaming guns, SUVs. It's a blame blame the blame the inanimate objects by all means. Okay, got to run. Quick break, quick break. Back um have some clips regarding Taiwan. Could this ultimately blossom into a full military operation? Uh some concerns there. And um and I've got some, I also have got some clips. I want to circle back on the Dylan Mulvaney bit because there's a conversation he had with a guy here that we've been following for a while that I think is a little telling of where this movement is headed and why it's dangerous, frankly, particularly to the youth. Sam Rojofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The Wes Wright Show.
1: Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right.
0: Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. If you think it can't get any worse, think again. Biden continues to dither as we have uh, major conflagrations occurring around the world. The the, uh, war in Ukraine is just one part of this. Taiwan right now completely encircled by the Chinese military. There's nine Chinese destroyers, aircraft carriers, 71 fighter jets, missile launchers. And the last time that uh, China encircled Taiwan was during Pelosi's visit... A year ago, August, you'll remember, too, uh, that I think uh, the ostensible reason uh, that China is proffering for this is because Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, has opted to visit uh, Taiwan uh, or meet with the president there. Uh, This is all pretext. is what the Chai do. This is pretext. They want Taiwan and are looking for an opportunity to grab it. And one of the things that you have to remember is is you know a year ago February uh, when when we had news that Russia was operating doing some military drills on the Ukraine border, uh, people thought well it's just a drill you know it's just a drill and then ultimately decided you saw some pullback initially and then the, the invasion occurred. Um, this is real now. It's being discussed at the highest levels of government handful of people coming out speaking out lindsey graham a little earlier i think yesterday fox news sunday talking uh, about chinese aggression and had this to say i'm fearful that the chinese may be setting uh, conditions to blockade taiwan in the coming months uh, or weeks and we need to respond forcefully if they do that we need to blockade uh, oil shipments coming from the mid east to, uh, to china And uh, let them know if you blockade Taiwan, we're going to cut off your oil. We need to train more aggressively Taiwanese forces so they can fight like the Ukrainians. Uh, We need to put nuclear tip missiles back in our submarines. Uh, Biden won't do it. The military has asked for nuclear tip cruise missiles to be put back in submarines like the Russians did. And we need more forces in the region. I think if you do those things, you could deter a blockade. Now that... Uh, was followed up by an interview uh, also on Fox News uh, with Michael McCall, Republican Texas, the House Foreign Affairs Committee chair, uh, speaking with Aisha Hassney. This aired on Friday, again, talking about the Taiwan situation and the possibility of U.S. troops being deployed.
5: I think, you know, then you're talking about um, an authorized use of military force that would come out of my committee or – A declaration of war, which we haven't utilized since World War II. Would you support that? I think if uh, if if China, Communist China invades Taiwan, uh, I think that is um, certainly if the American people support this, uh, the Congress will follow.
3: So you're saying that the option to authorize war powers is on the table.
5: If Communist China invaded Taiwan, it would certainly be uh, on the table and, and something that would be discussed by Congress. And with the American people, are they prepared to do this? Is Taiwan worth it?
0: Uh, I can argue for a lot of reasons why it is. And by the way, for all the items, even MAGA Republicans, a lot of people out there going, "This is, you know, this is the kind of chat that, you know, the kind of talk that gets us into trouble." Let me just remind you. This is exactly the kind of thing Trump would say. It's very important to say. If Trump were president right now, what he would say is, China, don't even think about it. You move move those battleships an inch closer to Taiwan, and I will start smashing them one by one. I will go nuclear on your A-money monies and everybody here would have a fit about it and china would have sitting there going i wonder i wonder if he means it do we risk all out war with the us they're watching what happened to you know to, to to russia over there getting you know it's let's just say that operation didn't go according to plan the russian plan so there's there's concern china no doubt is is worried right that they're they're not going to, you know, that their that the invasion could potentially not be successful. But hearing from an important ranking, well, not a ranking, head of a Foreign Affairs Committee chair, right, a Republican who is, has a powerful position within the government, him openly saying, yeah, we would entertain a declaration of war. I guarantee you this is something Chinese intelligence is reviewing and considering And we need more of these kind of statements in order to prevent war. You do not prevent war by being weak. You do not prevent or avoid conflict by projecting pacifism. And you certainly do not achieve these ends that I describe by showing yourself to be a mentally incapacitated loser. Listen to this short uh, clip here. Al Roker asks Biden if he's running for president on Sunday. Oh, boy.
5: Are you saying that uh, you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll, either, I'll, either, I'll either roll an egg or, you know, being the, the you know the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a, help a brother out. Make <laughs> no, some news no, for no, me. No. Here. Well, I, well, I
0: plan on running now but we're not prepared to announce it yet. Well, are you saying you'd be taking part in our upcoming election Uh, Biden goes, I'll either roll an egg or, you know, be the guy, the guy who's pushing them out. (sighs) Uh, But then he, of course, says, I plan on running, Al. (laughs) He plans on running. He just said he plans on running, but he's talking about eggs. I know this is he's at the White House. It's Easter. I get it. I get it. He's this is our enemies are watching every move of his. If you think. One, two-thirds of Americans think that Biden shouldn't be president, that he's out to lunch, that he lacks the mental acuity to do the job. Guarantee you that our adversaries think the same. Now, this is where a little bit of history helps instruct us how we should conduct ourselves because if you go back to 1938. In Europe, overall sentiments in the U.S. about the European situation, the guy named Hitler annexed Austria, was expanding, had some you know, domination goals for the continent, perhaps for the world. But the overall feeling was we shouldn't engage, we shouldn't enter a war with Germany, we should appease them. And we made a case for why the Sudetenland, the... Part of Czechoslovakia on the western border that basically was ethnically German and should go to Germany anyway ought to be sacrificed and given to Germany. And ultimately this led or followed a total sacrifice of Czechoslovakia. Peace in our time. Remember Neville Chamberlain getting up there, waving a piece of paper. He made a deal with Hitler. He can take Czechoslovakia and that's good. He's going to be fine and dandy. Well, within a short period of time, Europe was at war. Eventually, the world was at war because you cannot pacify people like Hitler. If you've got a totalitarian dictator with territorial ambitions, he's not going to stop at Ukraine, at Crimea, or at Taiwan. It's frightening, and we need to pay attention. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show.
1: If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer.
0: It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So
1: call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com.
0: Welcome back, folks. Great to have you with uh, us here on News Talk 840 KXNT, the What's Right Show, live and local from beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Sam uh, Merjofsky here, the host of the What's Right show. Now, you know my day job uh, here in Vegas is uh, I'm a local uh, Vegas injury lawyer, one of many that you see on the billboards across town. Now, I want to talk about this for a minute because last week I mentioned to you I had met with an individual who really laid bare some of the most awful things that I had ever heard about my industry here in the city, and I, I, I we got to talk about it. Because there's things that you need to do as a consumer to protect yourself. Now, what this guy told me, essentially, is that there's a couple different firms here in town who have gone to great lengths to get cases in a way that is not necessarily legal. Now, one of them, in particular, has uh, purchased a established towing company it's a towing company a name you'd recognize you'd recognize all the names that they've purchased an interest a dominant interest in a uh, in a towing company and now are instructing their tow truck drivers to uh, to uh, go to scenes of a, the scenes of an accident and 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 basically sign people up give them attorney information for the law firm that the owner has an interest in now this is of course, unethical and illegal. You cannot solicit a case at the scene of an accident. And it brings me to a very important point. If any of you or any of your friends or loved ones have had this happen to them, have had their case, might be an ongoing case, could be a past case, if you've had this happen to you, or somebody shows up in an accident scene and they're there and they're like, "Oh, here's here's a lawyer. Talk to this guy." One tow truck driver, by the way, has boasted that he has $50,000 in cash in his safe all because of lawyer referrals. This is a big business, okay? But if, if you've had this happen to you or you know somebody who's had this happen to them, I want you to reach out and call me because there are things that you can do to protect yourself after the fact, even after the, you know, the ship has sailed and you've, you've been down the road on your case very important. So my number, 702-820-1234, 702-820-1234, Salmon Ash Injury Law, call us because you do not want to be in business with a lawyer that is willing to do that, is willing to break the law to get you signed up as a client. If they're willing to break the law openly, brazenly, if they're willing to Essentially conspire in a (laughs) construct a federal racketeering case against themselves just to bring in business, they're gonna they're willing to do a lot worse. They will cheat you, they will steal from you, they will ruin your case. I was talking to one of my colleagues here in town who is a good guy and operates his business like we do, totally above board. And he was telling me he recently took a case over, it was a wrongful death case. And it was one of these guys that is shysting these cases at scenes of the accidents. And the guy was trying to get his client to take, it was like $200,000 on a wrongful death claim. And the person said no and called my buddy, and the buddy proceeded to get that particular client $8 million, which is proper compensation for the case. Now, what do I mean? In order to pay all these tow truck operators, you need a lot of cash. You need a lot of revenue. Got some overhead. So what do you have to do? you got to settle cases on the cheap, which means you and your loved ones that that go to these people and get, get conned into this end up suffering. You end up getting pennies on the dollar. Now, the other thing that's going on here, and this is, listen up, this is really important, your case settles. Your lawyer should wrap it up within weeks of your case settling. You should be getting money from your case right away. If you're not... You may need some help. That lawyer may be upside down in his trust account. He may be, he may have already spent your money and is just you know, stringing you along while waiting for another settlement to come along that will help him have the right amount of money to pay you. This happens. So if you're getting strung along also, please reach out to me. I am determined to clean this town up, and I'll tell you the one encouraging thing is that there are some good guys out there. And I'll talk more about this in greater detail as information uh, is made public elsewhere. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'm I'm my plan right now is to is to roll up my sleeves and together with the with the people in town that do it right. I don't care if you're my competitor. We can compete for business the right way, the honest way. We can compete against each other uh, for market share. But at the end of the day, if we don't all of us as lawyers, if we don't fight hard for our clients and get the best possible results, and we let people like this run the town that are taking, you know, 10 cents on the dollar, five cents on the dollar of what a case is worth, uh, that does damage to everyone. It does damage even to my clients that I'm representing because the insurance company is used to getting that discount. Then I call them up and say, No, what are you, what are you talking about? The case is worth a million bucks. Now your competitors all take. 150k. We're just going to dig in and, and offer you that. really? Well, I'm not. So now let me go wipe the floor with you and I've I'm doing this over and over again and slowly they're getting the gist. And they know when it comes to my firm, they have to pay you top dollar because I'm not going to take anything less. So this is this stuff is, I, I think it's worse here than it was in LA when I when I practiced in Southern California uh, full time. And I still have an office in Newport Beach, and I, I, I represent clients in California. Lots of good people from Nevada travel to California and get hurt, so I, I have an office out there, and, and I represent people there. But uh, there is no comparison. Even when you get into Mid-Wilshire and, and, and these areas uh, uh, in L.A. that have some, well, less than up-and-up lawyers, <laughs> there's no comparison with how shisty it is here in Las Vegas. And so, you know, my, my poor wife, my kids, they are so sick and tired of me driving around when I'm in the car and I'm looking at the billboards. I know, I know who the, I know who the unethical scumbags are. And I'll see their, their billboards. I'll be like, you belong in jail, and you belong in jail, and you belong in jail. Um, and it's just a matter of time before I'm telling you, I promise you this. The feds are going to roll in and start cleaning this stuff up because when you own a tow truck company, when you owe the, own or control the medical offices that you send your clients to, you own the law firm, and you're referring to your own businesses without disclosing that to people and running up medical expenses and basically profiting at every point along the, 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 the process and, and, and not – again, not the crime is not disclosing any of this to the consumer uh you've got a major problem and uh, sooner or later the chickens are going to come home to roost no question about it now uh oh, i want to let's see should we take a quick break here there's well there there's i want to i still want to finish up here i i've got to get to these clips i had to move the first hour along but you know talking about this uh this this cat Mulvaney, Dylan Mulvaney, a trans activist who is now the new face of Bud Light. Mulvaney had a conversation with Jeffrey Marsh. Now, Jeffrey Marsh is the guy who's out there uh, talking to kids on TikTok, telling them, well, if you're doubting who you are, don't know who you are, you know, and your parents aren't going along with it, stop talking to your parents, go no contact. You don't need your parents. You need me. I'll be your family. Serious predator level stuff. So there's a conversation between this Jeff Marsh guy and Mulvaney, the person that that Bud you know Bud Light and Anheuser Busch thinks is a good representation of their brand in order to attract attract young people to the beer. So I want to play some of these clips with my responses. I, it's it's this is. Folks, this is the fight that we have to fight. we got to push back on all of this insanity. If we don't, we lose our country. And they're going after our kids. That's the part of it that ah, just absolutely rankles me. It is so blatantly obvious. All right, friends, taking a quick time out. Be right back. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up.
1: Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit com.
0: Greetings, friends. Welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rojovsky here. Monday, April 10th, we are plowing through the show, um... I, I, I keep coming back to this because if, you know, if you're not, you've got, we all as parents and as grandparents have to be aware of what's going on out there in the world, particularly some of the stuff that our kids, our teenagers are watching, are listening to, and are potentially getting swayed by. I, the guy that I'm just is one of the most popular trans activists for kids on social media, is a guy named uh, Jeff uh, – let's see here. Hold on a second. Oh, my goodness. Jeff Marsh. My goodness, my brain here. Monday, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place here. Jeff Marsh, and here's uh, – I've, I've played this for you guys before, but here is what he's uh, – one of his videos about going no contact with kids listen to this
5: if you are attempting to figure out if you want to go no contact let me give you a tip go no contact first before you figured it out if you tell your mother for example you're going to go no contact and she makes it all about her she says what the does that mean She uh, steamrolls over your experience or your emotions. She makes it all about her. She tries to manipulate you with guilt. That is really valuable information about how to proceed. If you go no contact and she says, I love you very much. I respect your decision. Please take as much space as you need. I'll be working on myself and I'm ready if you ever want to have contact again. That's helpful information too. Give it a
0: shot. So this stuff by the way the reason it horrifies me of course is that your kid could go to school, could get influenced by some friends, you know, get their head turned around, then goes online, goes on TikTok, goes on uh Instagram, whatever, and and listens to this guy who's, you know, wearing makeup but still appears to present as a man for the most part, talk about how if this child, your child, is going through these things, they shouldn't even talk to you about it. If they're in any doubt about your reaction, if they think if your child might think that you would react, I don't know, not entirely supportive of the making life-altering decisions at 12, at 13, at 14 – then that child should not talk to you and go no contact and go completely dark on you, and instead, rather, talk to him. And that's another part of this thing that he, you know, he, he wants to be your kid's family. I'm Jeffrey,
5: and I am not a danger to children. I am a danger to parents, though. I'm a danger to any parent who selfishly and egotistically insists... That a child not be themselves in order to fulfill their parents' ego, their, their parents' legacy, their parents' wishes. Sorry if that upsets you.
0: Well, <laughs> we as parents know what's best for our kid. This pervy guy who 30 years ago would be hanging out in the park trying to talk to kids and would get arrested for it, he did not know our kids. He doesn't know what's good for our kids. He's projecting onto our kids his own mental illness. These much, this much I know. Now, here is a clip of a conversation. I've broken this up a little bit, but this is this is Mulvaney, Dylan Mulvaney, who's the face of Bud, talking to Bud Light, who's talking to this this Marsh guy, Jeffrey Marsh. Listen uh, to what Mulvaney has to say.
3: Being vulnerable, showing a side of myself that is quote unquote imperfect, whether it's my stubble or. It's my chest hair or or it's, you know, having a bigger foot than a normal girl, whatever it is. Those have brought me closer to myself and to my loved ones and to my followers. And I think that's where we're starting to get at with something like TikTok. We're seeing the vulnerabilities being celebrated, the imperfections be celebrated. And so if I can get to a place, especially my transition, To say, Dylan, you are perfect just like this, and in a year with the estrogen and the surgeries or whatever, you might be different, but you're going to be
0: perfect then too. And then Marsh tells Mulvaney, "Listen, uh, you know, guess you're looking for perfection here, but guess these cis people—cis, by the way, referring to people who are uh, know what gender they are and are not confused about uh, it—that they get confused by this." approach to uh to perfection and the seeking of perfection which i don't quite understand and says that they might get wait for it violent
5: i think some people are afraid they want to seem perfect they want to make sense to cis people Mm. because sometimes when cis people are confused they can be violent very much so And so we all feel like, well, I got to make sense. It's got to be in a row. It's got to be a narrative. It's got to have beginning, middle and end. It's got to whatever. I can't set the movement back.
0: He's worried about setting the movement back. Like if you are an honest to goodness person who has a a gender identity disorder and you're trans – I don't know if either one of these two people represent you in any way, shape, or form. I'll tell you what, for, for, for us on the outside of this movement, we, we, these, are, these people are, are frightening. Now, I'm not violent in my reaction this. Just, I'm just telling you, as a parent, as a father, I want my kids anywhere near this. Now, the, I'll tell you what I've done as a dad is I've shown these videos to my kids. I've sat down many times now and played Jeffrey Marsh's videos for them because I want them to see this stuff and understand what this all is. It's predatorial, and it has an agenda. Now, you go to China, the birthplace of TikTok, you're not going to find any of this material accessible or available to kids. It, It doesn't exist. The Chinese government understands that all of this is not good for kids and so bans it for kids and even limits the amount of time that kids are allowed to spend on these platforms. So what is absolutely mystifying to me, again, to do a f- full circle and button on our conversation about Bud Bud Light, is why, why in, in, in the name of, of, of anything would they think this person would be a good representation for their brand? They are so disconnected with the reality on the ground, and they keep talking about it in terms of a movement. Here Mulvaney uh, talks about how he felt that he had set the movement back. Listen to this. Oh, my
3: gosh. I, I felt like I've set the movement back many a time. I was actually non-binary before this experience of being a trans woman. And I felt guilty for then transitioning to... to
5: From they, them to... To she, they. they. Yeah. yeah,
3: I felt like I was taking power away from being non-binary and that it really is a, a gender identity that exists.
0: The narcissism here is just incredible. You're... I mean, to think that changing your pronouns, uh, they, them to she, they, that it moves the needle for anybody? Let alone anybody outside. Do, do does, does anybody care? <laughs> but this this is the stuff that apparently major companies think is a way that they're going to be able to get traction with young people. I think they're dead wrong on it. I also think that but I also think that this is this is dangerous stuff out there that is certainly that young people are exposed to, particularly kids. Imagine yourself as a 12 year old, 11 year old. Imagine now, uh, you know, in, instead of back then, we used to go out and play and talk to a handful of friends. Now you've got the whole internet, social media, your parents have given you a cell phone, you've got all of this at your fingertips. And let's say you feel misunderstood. Let's say your parents are you know, a little strict with you and on your case about stuff, or maybe not at all. They ignore you. They're wrapped up in their own world. And you start going down a rabbit hole and, and, and one video after another is fed to you by the TikTok algorithm. And next thing you're confused about who you are. And these people, instead of aiding and helping, as they say, people who are already confused, actually cause the problem. And now companies jumping on board, legitimizing this, to me, is absolutely despicable. And not to be called out for what it is. So I will continue on this story for as long as they keep shoving it down our throats. Because you've got to stand up. We have to stand up to this. Absolute crap. All right, friends, I will be back here tomorrow. Do not fret. More What's Right show up ahead then. 1 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday here on News Talk 840 KXNT. If you've missed any portion of the show, please hit up the podcast What's Right show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify.